Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Welcome back, gardeners, or welcome to Gardening Naturally. Hot. Okay, that's the whole show. It's hot. Um, it is getting so frustrating and disappointing. I know people are almost at despair in some situations. If you live in communities that don't allow you to do outside watering, well, this is where you start looking at the plants and seeing which ones of yours make it and which ones don't. In 2011, when the weather was this bad, the standard in the, oh my God, it was hot, record. We lacked water that year. We only got half of our normal water. We're not that far behind at the moment this year, but we're getting there. We used to make notes about people coming in and say, I have such and such plant and it's still doing fine without any water. And we tried to keep track of that so that when people made choices to replace things they lost, that hopefully they could replace it with something that was more accommodating and able to handle this kind of weather. Whether it was a tree, a shrub, an herb, um, they were surviving. In terms of herbs, the way my front yard was laid out, we used to have flower beds in different places. Now it's just grass and the flower beds have been moved. I have an endless supply of Greek oregano. This stuff has been nearly impossible to kill. It comes up in the lawn, I'll be mowing along and instantly I can smell Greek oregano because I've cut it back and it stays. It comes back, it spreads out. It's green and soft and I don't know, if it weren't for the fact that it can get almost three feet tall, it might make a good turf grass. There are plants that are doing it yet. My Turk's cap, uh, it is the only thing that are letting my hummingbirds feed. And fortunately, it has a lot of flowers. They're very small but they make up with it because there are so many of them. If we would get any rain, I'm, I am sure that they would put on new blooms. <clears throat> but even now in these terrible conditions, they are managing and they are still blooming. So that is a plant that you could consider in our worst of conditions. Now, you want to get it to establish, but once it does, it, it, it can survive and keep going. Now, 
I have a bay laurel um, near my front entrance, and it gets shade in the morning and blazing sun in the afternoon. Now, it happens to be in a place where it will get its water once a week. And I have one that is in morning sun, really hot, hot morning sun, and afternoon shade in a container. And it gets its allotment of water as it's needed. Both of those are doing great. They're green. They're not growing really fast, but they're hanging in there. They're making it in this weather. So these are examples of plants that are are doing their job, even in this terrible heat. Wish we had more of them to list, but this is what we have. Now, the Grow Green Guide, growgreen.org, from the city of Austin, lists lots of plants that are particularly drought-hardy. And it'll tell you ones that, you know, rather than putting in this plant, put in this plant. This will be a better choice. That's because of years of experience of planted gardens, of investigation, of trying new plants to see what will grow here. I have a, I think it's creeping germander. Interesting grayish green leaf, pretty purple flowers growing around the base of my mailbox. I guarantee you that plant doesn't get water. And it's been there several years now, three, four, and it just goes on about its business. It gets little rushes where a branch may look like it's dying and it'll be all dark and crumbly and I should just cut it out. But in reality, new branches come back and grow into the area So it kind of monitors itself, and it stays low. It's only, oh, I don't think it's getting much bigger than um, 12 inches tall, maybe a little more. But it just keeps growing in a very hot sun location, very, very hot sun location with no water. That's um, the best we can hope for. Let's go to the phone. This is Donna. Donna, what can I help you with? Good morning, Jeff. I just wanted to share with you that um, I have two plants that are not only staying alive, they are thriving in this heat, and um, we're down to one day of watering in Toledo, but it is the pride of Barbados and the firecracker plant. Yes. Firebush or whatever. Mm, Now there's a difference. Camellia, which is Mexican firebush, and there is firecracker plant, 
So okay, mine is the uh, first one. The the Mexican firebush. Yes, yes. That's good to know. Um, I used to have some, but when we rearranged our flower beds, we got rid of it. But that is another good choice, and it's got <clears throat> it's got very pretty flowers on it, and it's not Beautiful. unusual to see the hummingbirds on it. Exactly, they love it. Yes. And the Pride of Barbados is also a really good choice. Uh, people need to hold some faith in it. I drove one path. I drove past one uh, a week ago. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you could not see any green. It was nothing but these beautiful yes. flowers everywhere. Okay. They're doing really well here. That is a that is a good good suggestion for folks. Both of those plants, the Mexican firebush, which is known as Amelia, and the Pride of Barbados which produces those flowers and gets bigger every year. These are yep. two good hot weather plants. Yep. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for the call, Don. I needed that reminder. Um, folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're coming up on a break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, everybody. Um, oh, that... Someone text me a picture of a plant. Gosh. I think it's called an ice plant. That flower looks familiar in it, and it... It, it, it is a hot weather plant. Yeah, it is. I think it's an ice plant. You may be watering it too much twice a week. Hmm. Don't know. Once a week, good and deep. Work your way to the once a week and see how it behaves. But twice a week may be too much for it. But it is a plant that can do well in this weather. Now, I have portulaca in containers. Unfortunately, um, even with plenty of water, they're looking very poorly, but they're surviving. I have lavender and rosemary, both of which are growing, um, not at a great rate. I think the heat is really starting to affect them but they are continuing. They are still holding out. They're still looking decent, smelling good. Boy, strong scents on both of them. So just pick the right plant for the right place, for the right conditions. It can be pretty simple. Now, we are testing our limits with this weather between the drought and the heat. Ooh, gosh, that's never going away, is it? Between those two, we're really, really testing our plants to see how well they can do. Unfortunately, there is rain weather 
but it's getting pushed away from us. Maybe, maybe by next week is the estimate where we'll finally be able to get that rain to drift through on us. And we can hope, we can hope for um, some rain, slow soaking, hopefully, like less than an inch per hour for several days in a row and just let it soak in and all of the plants, the turf, everything should recover well. Like I said, the only place I have good grass growing, it's not the best grass, but is over my septic field. Not everybody has septic, so they can't route the water to one of the fields so that it goes to your plants. It's really, uh, it's really tough on our environment right now. And instead of fighting the environment, we should be adapting to it, understanding that no matter what we want, that the weather is changing severely. We can, we have measured it over years and seen it increase in our area little by little. And that starts to be very, very destructive to people like the farmers who have limited amounts of water and even with enough water, okay, even with enough water, the problem becomes the yeast is so high that the plants, they can't produce. The other problem is, and I hope everybody is paying attention to it, wildfire. The conditions are just perfect. A breeze, low humidity, high, high heat, Wildflower, wildfires are a big risk. So be careful out there if you're barbecuing. Don't let it get away from you. Because it would take nothing to be a big flash and large numbers of acres, especially in West Austin, would be gone in no time at all. The... Uh, heat that's staying over us doesn't move for a very long time, for at least the rest of the week. So we're going to stay these high temperatures, record high temperatures, for several days in a row. July was already the hottest month. August is getting a good start to remain that. We'll have to see what happens. We'll have to hope for good weather conditions. We've got folks listing plants that they're having trouble with. Uh, Mexican petunias are doing great. That's a good one. Um, 
Rebellion? No, not rebellion. Hmm. I get the, uh, I'm sorry, I can't remember the name for them, uh, but the Mexican petunias and, you know, they are not red, but that doesn't stop the hummingbirds. When my Duranta blooms, a sky flower, it has purple blooms. The hummingbirds love it just as much as any other plant. The idea that you have to have red to attract the hummingbirds, no, you have to have food that they want. So those are two that does that do well here. Um, Mexican bentunias do great. Got folks uh, asking about, yes, adding coffee grounds to the soil. You're adding a necessary carbon source and it's a mild fertilizer. So you're making sure food is available, not just for your plant, but for the soil biology. Now, watering every other day, you wanna make sure that when you water, you don't water again till it's dried out. Put your fingers in the dirt. Put them in there nice and deep. If you can feel water, you probably don't, if you feel the moisture, you probably don't have to water that day. Check them again the next day. If it is dry to the depth of your finger, then yeah, you probably need to give them that slow soaking. But every other day can cause just as many problems as not enough water, causing the leaves to curl. But the coffee grounds, good soil addition. Top dress around the plant, uh, it help, can, can help acidify the soil, provides carbon, provides some nitrogen, and um, acts a little bit as a mulch, so it's a really good product to use. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. I need to take a break for the news. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. So, we've been talking about some of the plants that have managed in the heat. Um, prior to Barbados. Uh, Mexican petunias. Mexican firebush. These are ones that are still going. Esperanza, Texas yellow bells, should still be going right now. May not be blooming as much as you would like it, but it should still be alive and growing. I have dogwood growing, rough leaf dogwood. It is got some weepy leaves but it's still growing and holding out. Looks pretty good first thing in the morning, and then as the day goes on, it starts to wilt a little bit. My yopons, they don't even recognize the heat. They just go on about their business. 
Now, <clears throat> I have American Beautyberry. And it is bloomed, and it is producing those old purple berries. Nowhere near as many as you might expect to see on it. And they're not staying very long. The mockingbirds are picking them off as fast as they show up because they're food and they have moisture in them. That's one place where many of the wildlife get their moisture from berries. But it's growing. It's managing. It gets my once-a-week water and goes on about its business. I would have liked to have seen it with a bigger with bigger berry clusters, but the fact that it's producing any at all in this weather, in these conditions, I refuse to complain about it. Again, Turk's cap is still doing well. Now I have a whole had a whole bunch of coneflower, large quantities of it. It is struggling badly. Badly, and it gets kind of splash water every time I change out the uh, water in a bird bath near it. But the comb flower is not um, putting on the show that I've become accustomed to from it. Agarita can't bother agarita. It's definitely not a pedestrian-friendly plant but it can keep growing and do quite well without any problem. Let's go to the phone. This is Tom. Tom, what can I help you with? Yes, good morning. Uh, uh, I told your screener, Lago Vista just issued a no-irrigation plan because of a, a water emergency, mechanical problem, zebra mussels, low lake levels. Uh, so my question is, how long can St. Augustine grass go without irrigation, number one? Number two, uh, if, if the ban is lifted within a reasonable amount of time, will the St. Augustine revive? Um, <clears throat> it depends on your qualifier of what's a reasonable amount of time. It is hard to predict how long St. Augustine would survive in this heat with zero water, because that's what you've got. You've got no ability to provide it water. The shorter right. that period of time, the uh, better the chance of it coming back. But in this temperature, no water, the end of the week, that St. Augustine's going to look terrible and you are going to lose some of it. Will you lose all of it? I don't know. Uh, it, it depends on how well established it was and the conditions of your soil before you had to stop watering it. But it is not going to appreciate 104 degree temperatures and above for this week with zero water. Okay, well, then, fingers crossed that the irrigation ban doesn't last too long. Well, yes, yes, that would help because you could at least get saving water to it. 
You don't have to get enough water to make it ripe and green and looking beautiful. You just need to keep it alive. And this week, they, they show on the news, starting next week, the odds of rain go up. Since the odds have been zero lately, <laughs> uh, I don't really know how much that means or if it's going to be enough to save us. But yeah, well, it would seem to me that uh, there will be quite an uproar if every lawn in Lago Vista uh, goes dead. So we'll just have to see how this plays out. Um, well, there'll be there wasn't be a lot of uh, explanation uh, in terms of uh, a what truly caused the problem and b when it's expected to be restored. So we'll wait for communication. But thank you for your help. Well, Tom, you got to remember, people are going to be in uproar if they don't have water to drink. So turf is definitely not in the top 10 when it comes to water emergencies. But I get your point. Communication would probably help a great deal. Water emergency. But I get your point. Communication would probably help a great deal. Yeah, thanks for the call, Tom. Folks, <clears throat> you don't need turf. In the priority of things, I know you worked really hard. You created this gorgeous landscape, and it looks like everything is dying because you can't water it. Watering your turf is a lot less of an issue than having water to drink or to farm with, to produce food. I get it. I really do. But we can't place our turf grass above our ability to have drinking water. Now, the zebra mussel thing, that is terrible. We need a better solution to that. We need people to pay attention and rinse their boats off when they travel from one lake to another. But water is precious, and in ranking it, turf doesn't come up in the top 10. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Welcome back, folks. Um, I got someone texted us some example plants and it's funny because I have several of these and completely forgot that they're just going on about their business. One of them is wafer ash. This is a, it's not a shrub and it's not really a big tree. It's an understory, beautiful plant going on about its business, not bothered by the heat. And it is also a host for um, various butterflies. So a lot of reason to have it, and it does really well here. Uh, it is drought tolerant and gorgeous. 
So that's always a good thing. Let's go to the phone. Uh, this is Bruce. Bruce, what can I help you with? Uh, Jeff, uh, about a, uh, I think last week you talked about collecting water from the AC uh, discharge from the condenser. Yes. And uh, I have a pipe coming out uh, outside of my house, and I noticed a lot of water was coming out of it, so I put a container in there, like you suggested, and and I collected about I collect about seven to eight gallons a day, or more, and I put it on my trees and yards and grass and everything, just to you know spread it around a little bit. But uh, I, I called my AC man, and he said that. Because of some of my neighbors, I couldn't collect that much water, and they said it. Because, he said it was because their uh, water from the condenser coils goes into the sewer directly into the sewer, whereas mine comes out uh, from the house. So some of them, some people, it, this may not work, and others it will. But mine, I get a lot of water this way that I don't have to use the water faucet with. You know, that's absolutely right. Again, remind you that Legionnaires was found in this AC water in Pennsylvania, Legionnaires disease. So, Right, but uh, that was it, from, uh, from coming to the air conditioner system, the, the ventilation yeah, they, system. It wasn't through yeah. the, uh, the water. Uh, I'm a micro, microbiologist, and I've, I've worked with this stuff for a long time. You wouldn't get it from this well, water from the AC unless you're standing. If it's standing, uh, possibility, you know, if you were to be exposed to it. But uh, it should well, be fine. I called the uh, people in Georgetown, the county ex- extension agent, and she said that, well, there's some metal, heavy metals that comes out. Uh, and she said, so I wouldn't recommend using it. Well, I'm using it anyway, and I think it's worked really well. I'm not sure what heavy metals may show up, but uh, <laughs> I'm not either. you you do bring up a point about the fact that some folks have this go directly to sewer so they right. don't get to catch this water. That's right. And there's no, another uh, question I have. I planted a, a pear tree last year, and the, I've been watering it uh for the whole season, the whole summer. But now as I notice it's beginning to, uh, the yellow, some of the leaves are beginning to yellow. Uh, is that, um, if it loses all of its leaves, is it dead or just uh, shocked? No, no. Okay, two things could be going on here. One, it's really easy to go hot. It's just too hot and the tree is trying to respond to it. The other is, Believe it or not, overwatering a plant can cause the leaves to yellow. Mm-hmm. Not a bad thing. And in the fall, that pear tree is probably going to have nice yellow color anyway. So I don't think I would consider it super critical. But you okay. may want to check and make sure that the pear is draining well and not sitting in constantly swampy soil. Yeah. Other than that, it, uh, yeah. cross your fingers. Yeah. See, what I did also is I put uh, clay pots around all my trees and all of my shrubs, and I just put the water in there, and it, it seeps slowly into the soil around the 
the plants and and I use that water from the uh, AC. AC. Well, yeah. that is a that is a perfect combination. There, you may want to simply lean to the fact that son of a gun, it's been over a hundred and four degrees for how many days in a row, and that is just more than the plants are really wanting to deal with. So they will shed yeah. some leaves. But don't don't sit and think that oh gosh uh, I'm going to lose the tree. Keep up what you're doing and cross your fingers. We get into cooler weather; uh, it should stop doing that. Drop its leaves this fall, and next spring you'll have okay. it come back. All right. My uh, by the way, my fig tree is doing great, but it's but the little figs it makes uh, drop off. But other than that. The plant looks like it's doing fine in this that weather. That may be a water issue. That, that may be a water issue. Figs okay. um, will start to drop. If there's mm-hmm. a lack of water, you may want to check and see if maybe it needs a little help there. Okay, I'll check that out. All right, well, let's enjoy your uh, program. I listen to it every week, and you, you do a great job. Well, thank you much, Bruce, for that, and thanks for the call and the information about the air conditioning water uh, being safer than we take it to be. Now, I wouldn't call it potable water by any means, but uh, it can be run out to these plants, and they'll they'll love having water. So right. thanks for that information. You're welcome. Uh, have a good day. You too, Bruce. Yeah, folks, um, I, mine drains out, my AC water drains out the side of the house. Not everybody does anymore. They run some of it to the sewer system, which means you lose all that water. That's unfortunate. But you can use it. You can use what you collect to water your trees and your plants, um, Bruce said he got 78 gallons a day. Some systems in Texas can get as many as 18 gallons a day of this water. So go go check and see if you've got it and put it to use. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Uh, I will see you all next Saturday at uh, 9 o'clock. Have a great weekend.